So Mixologist, if you love this show and it's ever made you think, you know what? I should make my own podcast. I say go for it. Let me tell you about Anchor, okay? Honey, it's free pumpkin. Yes, free. There are creation tools. It allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer just like I do. You can literally even add songs from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for whatever you want and can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, something the world's never heard before, or join the rest of us and talk Bravo, Housewives, Bachelorette, all those fun things you love in the TV you're watching. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, many, many more. All the girls will be able to hear you no matter what or wherever they like to listen. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, Pumpkin. Literally, you put it out, you can get paid for it. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. It's super, super easy. I love it. I use it all the time. I make this show and y'all love it. And you know what? I couldn't do it without Anchor. They make it so easy. They have the best support staff. You literally can reach out to them anytime. It's truly a great way to start a podcast journey. Get yourself out there. Talk to the people. Connect with the people that love the same things you love or people who maybe want to have a little discord with you. Either way, mix it up and let Anchor help you do that. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.f as in father, m as in mother, to get started. Download that free app, honey, and get you some podcasting. Hey, y'all. I'm Moni, and you're mixing with Moni, okay? Welcome to my weekly mixer where I take your favorite Bravo shows, TV news, and hot topics, mix it with my opinions and some of my friends' opinions, a little shade, and sometimes a cocktail or two. I'm bringing in my POC perspective to shows we all love. Let's mix it up. Hello, 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 all you beautiful and wonderful mixologists out there. It is your girl, Moni, and you are listening to Mixing with Moni. Okay, welcome back. Hello. Hi. How are you? Girl, y'all, honey, I've had the longest week of my life. We are fresh off of a fantastic event, first ever Real Housewives Mixer that I did with some awesome mixologists. Um, discussing Potomac. It was really a great time. And y'all, I already got the go ahead to start planning my next mixer that'll be for <laughs> drum world. Didn't work out. Fell short there. Atlanta. Very, very excited. Atlanta will be the next housewife that we discuss. I'm very excited for today's episode. I have on Bravo Historian, Sam, Samantha from Bravo Historian. Y'all might automatically have your thoughts and feelings about her. I'm cautioning you to trust me and to just listen, right? I really wanted to have her on because I had done a panel with her recently. And I want to bring people on that I think will challenge us and give new perspectives, but also you know, that maybe we all don't love or we all do love or we all hate or we all don't hate. I want to kind of see how that works a little bit. She did 
to me, great on this episode. And I think that is the importance of showing people complexity. And, you know, truly like our housewives, we talk Salt Lake City and we talk Atlanta, the Bolo episode. She had some interesting thoughts and hot takes. The reason I wanted to have her on is because she can firmly pick sides very quickly. Y'all know I cannot, though I did tease that I might have a side already for New Jersey. I'm not talking about New Jersey this week because I'm going to have Samaj on next week. And he's great. He did my Patreon about New Jersey to get us ready for the premiere, like a walk down New Jersey lane um, and talked about the rise and fall of New Jersey and where we are now ratings wise and why Teresa is so afraid of being fired. That's on the Patreon. Had a great episode, great time with him. He's going to come on. We're going to talk at uh, New Jersey as the fight and the trip is kind of gearing up and coming to an end. So we're going to do that sometime next week for no other reason other than Bravo took the episode down off of Bravo TV and I can't find out where else to watch it. And I keep trying to do it on YouTube and it skips around and I don't want subpar. I want to be able to give my best and have my best notes. That being said, I will tell y'all who my team is. As soon as I finish telling y'all why, again, I chose Bravo historian this week. Um, she and she's best friends with Steven Faces by Bravo. And they were on two completely opposite sides of the table uh, where I famously was stationed at Team The Table for Housewives of Potomac, the Monique versus Candace fight. They were on two different sides. They couldn't even talk about it. It was very funny, but like it was like politics at Thanksgiving. They just couldn't go down that road. Um, so I wanted to have her on because she knows how to pick a side. And boy, does she have one, especially for... Uh, uh, in Atlanta already. And that is pretty epic to me. So I wanted to have that conversation with her about Atlanta, Bolo, the stripper, all her thoughts on that. If she thinks King is selling the show or not as someone who is um, already kind of decided where she falls into the Atlanta situation. But then I also wanted to get her thoughts about Salt Lake City and what she's thinking over there. It it does, it gave me a lot of pause, this episode, this final episode of Salt Lake City. I didn't love, didn't hate, but didn't love. So we definitely wanted to get into talking about that as well. So as always, I am going to jump into Black Excellence. We'll take a quick break and have uh, Samantha come back from Broadway Historian. I'm telling y'all, give her a chance. We had a great time. She is, a, she's really good at, at, at this. She has a lot of good opinions, especially for someone who doesn't naturally podcast or anything. She was great on the, the panel that I was on with um, Andy's Girls, with Kate Casey, Ramones Bravo, and her. And she was even better to me because it's my show, on my show. Um, I really want to shout out a specific uh, Black surgeon for Black Excellence this week. His name is, I do not want to get this wrong, Professor Mashudu Shifularo. I'm just going to spell it. It's better that way. Um, M-A-S-H-U-D-U, last name T-S-H-I-F-U-L-A-R-O. He is a South African educator and med medical specialist. He led the first team in the world to use 3D printed bones for reconstructive middle ear implants in 2019 at the University of Pretoria and at the Stephen Biko Academic Hospital, which is in South Africa. Stephen Biko is a South African um, 
major part of history, if you don't know that. Um, as a And if you don't, it's okay, because I, I didn't. I watched it in The Color of Friendship. That's one reason why I learned that. There was a Disney Channel movie that they used to air every year on Black History Month. I don't have children, and I don't watch Disney as often anymore because I don't also have cable. Do they still show The Color of Friendship during Black History Month? If anyone's a parent, and can you let me know like, if your kids are watching Disney that often? Are they showing old? Like, What are they doing for Black History Month these days? Because they used to show it faithfully. And any other like black movie and the black history episodes of all the Disney Channel shows and stuff. Um, they used to always do that. But anyways, he did this amazing reconstructive middle ear implant surgery um, using 3D printed bones. And I think that is epic. It's the first ever transplant surgery to aid in deafness. Um, they're saying cure. I use those words very loosely. I don't want anyone to come after me because I am not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I do not know, but this is what he did. Those are the things, 3d printed bones, middle of the ear for deaf purposes, first person to do it. And he is a black man and it's happened. So I think that's really great. Shout out to the wonderful mixologist that gave me that recommendation for black excellence, black resilience. Uh, segment. If you have any more that you would like for me to read or take a look at, I'd love to hear what you guys are seeing out in the news of Black people doing really cool Black shit or doing really cool shit, period, so that we're not only focusing on the parts of our history and our culture and our um, who we are as a community when we are in dire need and need help and need some kind of like, you know, spotlight on the the sad and the tragic things. And though those need attention, we also need to be educated and remind people of why. It's because we are trying to just live our lives and do cool shit. So if you know any other, you know, stories of black people doing cool shit, I'd love to shout it out on black history or black excellence because black history matters all year long is my amazing very beautiful, very blonde, very amazing friend, Victoria. Uh, she's my maid of honor. Tweet, uh, sent me a bitmoji of, it was like a text that was Black History 24-7, 365, because the month is coming to an end. And she wanted me to know that it matters all year. And I love that. So um, that's what we do here anyway. So shout out to this professor for doing amazing things and helping people. We love to see that. We love to see doctoring and medicine at work and people helping people and all of that good stuff. I wish we could do more of that. I wish I could help people more and figure that out myself. But in the meantime, we're going to talk about some housewives because that's the only way I know how to help people at this moment, in this moment on this here platform. That's the only reason I know how. So um, yeah, without further ado, we're going to have Sam come on and we're going to talk Atlanta and the finale of Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City comes first and then Atlanta because we need to spend all the time with Bolo and the women of Atlanta. A fabulous episode, 10 out of 10. So yeah, hold on tight and watch her try to get me into some teams, y'all. She got me out here revealing my innermost team feelings and not just being strictly objective like I try to be. It's crazy. <laughs> all right. Stay tuned. Up next, Bravo Historian. Y'all, as promised, I am back here with Samantha, also known as Bravo Historian, also known as a recent guest on Watch What Happens Live, meeting our one and only Andy Cohen and spending some time with our other virtual Instagram and like content creating friends. 
that was one of the best nights of my life. I was just like, oh my God, it's all my friends. Hi, hi. Was that so fun? Did you have like so much fun? It was so much fun. And I was so scared to do it. Yeah, like, naturally. Just because, yeah, it's just really scary. And um, so I was prepared. You know how people are always like, never meet your heroes because you'll always be disappointed. Mm-hmm. That is not the case with Andy Cohen. Like he okay. was so nice, so friendly, so engaging. He talked to us before, you know, about OC. He talked a little bit about Bronwyn. He talked to us um, afterwards. Like it was, it was really, really, really fun. That's amazing. I, I absolutely love that. Listen, Andy, I'd love to have that same opinion of you girl we could talk any day you just let me know um (laughs) speaking of andy and performances there is a lot of conversation around this um most recent part of salt lake city reunion part three the conclusion so we're definitely going to start with that because there was a lot to unpack there there's just more to unpack at atlanta and i want to spend the bulk of our time with these women in the isle of palm or whatever in south carolina Mm -hmm. and with bolo they deserve our attention fully right Mm -hmm. yes so we'll get a little bit into slc what have been your thoughts on the reunion so far overall now it's completely concluded do you think it deserved three parts what are your thoughts i don't know if it needed three parts if i'm being honest with myself i feel like Mm -hmm. it could have just been a really solid two parts Mm -hmm. like there were some points where i was like okay like i'm kind of bored like i love them I love these women, but I was kind of bored. Yes. Um, and I love Mary. Okay. I thought Mary had like, a lot of redeeming qualities. Obviously, she's like super problematic. No, yeah, we know. Like, she has her moments. Yeah, we know. Everybody is, we are very aware that Mary is next level nuts, right? But that also is working so well. Like, obviously, we'll get to it. But the, just cutting to the end of Mary announcing that the snow that's coming inside of the building isn't real like as if it's a revelation she goes I don't think that's real and she's eating it and that's her way of telling it's like a kid picks up something off the floor and goes oh that's not food and I'm like wait 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 wait, what are we doing like Mary I know I died it was the best thing that I've seen in a very long time on television like the comedic relief of Mary eating like fake snow which is usually soap it's usually soap and just the right. idea of that. What I what? love about Mary is she seems so like uninhibited. Like mm-hmm. she, I don't think she realizes she's on a show. <laughs> and I love that because I think the other women are very aware of the cameras and she's just like, because I think at one point Andy goes, okay, so um, Lisa and Meredith never said this to you. And she was like, yeah, they never said it. I just feel that way. And like, she's just very honest. <laughs> Well, also being like, I think a liar. It's very confusing, but I'm very. She believes Mary. her own truths, and I I kind yes. of dig that in a housewife where their delusion they accept. It's like this is real to me, oh. so this is real to you. Yeah, she's like, this is what is happening, mm-hmm. even though it's not what's happening. And I yes. found Robert Senior to be. I want to know more about him, the grandma. Because he said yeah. he was only 22 when they got married. That's very young. And I was young. like, wait, how old was she? Very like, not young. <laughs> no, I was like, so was he the gold digger? Yeah, probably. A thousand percent. In I which mean, like, case, go for you. Like, if- In which case it worked out because he got the 
the, the money when she passed. So um, right. I'm curious to know his, th- I wish Andy would have cross examined this witness and asked Robert Sr. Was it in the will or not? Like, what did you know as her husband? What was the expectation for you to marry Mary? <laughs> That's fun. But also I loved it. Like what you said, she's very uninhibited. She has no idea what's, what's going on around her. Her truth is kind of her own reality. And then she's like always constantly being informed live in front of us of what other people are doing. Cause he yes. is being asked how you feel about the show. And Robert Sr. is like, I was embarrassed. And she goes, no, you weren't. And he goes, yes, I was. She goes, oh really? Yikes. I don't, mm. oh wow. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, you were? Oh, I didn't know. Like, yeah, Mary. He's like, people are calling you a grandfather fucker. Like, obviously, this is no, hard on a me. A grandpa MFer. Let's never forget. Oh, thank you. I would MF-er. like to actually put it on, on, on paraphernalia. I want it to be on my body. I love that. So people can ask you, what is a grandpa MFer? Like, I don't know. Ask Mary. Yeah, I too like, don't know. You don't want Trussels of Salt Lake City? Like, <laughs> that's so funny. I. And, you know, when she made her, like, Instagram post about her reunion look, in the caption, she was like, I really hated my makeup. And I have to agree, I didn't love it. Didn't love it, but damn, Mary is something else. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so yeah, she's up, like, I didn't like it. Backing up a little bit, they talked about the ceiling of marriage. And I think this was a reckoning for a lot of people because Heather came off actually very unlikable and a lot of the reunion for a lot of people. I didn't really get it until people said it. And then this episode, part three, I absolutely got it. I think she made everything somehow come back to being about her. And that was very weird to me. And it's something you're never cognizant of, I guess, until you see it on TV, like until you're actually watching yourself. But they were talking about the ceilings of marriage and how Whitney and her husband had gotten kicked out because of their marriage. And um, Andy, you know, was watching them and then Heather all of a sudden starts crying. So he's like, this is affecting me. She goes, yeah, I just know what they're going through. I'm like, girl, that was 10 years ago. This still has nothing to do with you, right? And then Lisa's like, well, just speaking as someone who is divorced, let's not be confused and say that they don't accept divorced people. We were welcomed into the church. We are, you know, he's John's divorce. My parents were divorced, blah, blah, blah. And Heather like goes in, she feels like that's a personal attack on her that she's saying that. And I am like, Heather, we aren't even at you. Like we talked about you already. Yeah, whatever Lisa says, she takes as a direct, like personal attack. Triggered. And I'm like- Very triggered. It's very frustrating. And I get that she might be triggered by divorce and the Mormon church and all of that. But like, it's not a good look to Mm -hmm. constantly be like, thinking this person is coming for you when she's really just stating her own experience. I think that that's really strange. And I will say, um, I think it's, uh, Whitney's husband's name is Justin, right? Mm-hmm. I think I really, he got really emotional talking about getting yeah. that letter. Yeah, I was like, cause... first they send out letters. That's crazy. That's crazy. And that was just so emotional. I like, I felt bad for yeah. him because you could tell that that was like really hard on them. Like they still, because they grew up in that life, they still have like such a, they have like Stockholm syndrome almost. Yeah. And they lost family. And you know what I mean? It's kind of like, if, if you wanted to equate, like, I'm not trying to equate anyone's religion to, you know, being kidnapped or anything, but it'd be like, you got captured. Oh, and all like of a sudden, I just did. No. <laughs> I'm just going to bring it back to be a little, a little bit of political correctness. So that's what I do, but it's mainly because I'm always hyper aware of that. No, it's, 
I don't know if a lot of Mormon people actually were watching the show enough to get offended by us before they got okay. offended by the show. Oh, fuck. So they were probably okay. already looking at this like, what, how dare you? Like, I think that it's kind of like you were, you're in this and then they just kind of release you and let you go. And you're like, wait, like I didn't get to kind of make the decision on my own. So you kind of have to figure out life anew like that. And they lost a lot of family as they told us in the very beginning because of all this, you know? And I think that's kind of sad, but I was fascinated to hear about the whole sealing thing. And, you know, Lisa being like, well, we're sealed forever. And I found it interesting that no one ever made the point. Like if Heather's going to drive the argument home to me, don't make it about you and how you feel like you're personally attacked by Lisa by saying that divorced people are accepted. Make it about her, which is a good argument and say, but you're not actually like recognized as Mormon, though you portray to be. That was always, I've heard was like the whole point is that no one on the cast was like technically mormon she's lds so she was like converted she's a convert but like she's like not recognized something like that and apparently recognition is a thing you can't just wake up and decide this is me i am this right i think because meredith or not meredith whitney and heather their families are like so deeply rooted in mormonism Mm -hmm. that it was probably it's probably really really hard for them so i mean i do feel bad but I mean, she just like anything Lisa does or says, she's just like going to come at her about something. And then I'm getting kind of worried about Heather Mm -hmm. for her season two, because Mm -hmm. I think there's a difference between gaining confidence from the show and being like on this whole other level of like Rihanna follows me and I'm getting all the most Instagram followers out of the cast and people love me and they do that. It's like, okay stay grounded a little bit like chill not to mention she's losing a little bit of that relatability and that's the whole reason why people do love her is because she isn't the pretentious one she is the one who kind of seemingly doesn't give a fuck she was the one who was like listen I, I don't know really know what's going on I don't profess to be this perfect person but to then debate this person like Lisa on perfection it kind of defeats the purpose of her argument to me. It made me feel like every, yeah. she's really triggered by Lisa because Lisa has chosen everything Heather decided to willingly give up because it's no longer a part of her life and because she had to be forced to. And it's kind of like saying like, that could have been me if I was still in there. And for someone who's not even like, quote unquote, real Mormon or whatever to be accepted over me, it is, it's like offensive to them. Like I can't really, from the the, the vibe I'm getting, it's like all of a sudden you you pick Olive Garden over like a real Italian restaurant or something. And like the Olive Garden suddenly gets praised as like having the best, what's something right. Italian? Chicken cacciatore? I don't know. I'm not Italian at all. So. <laughs> spaghetti. <laughs> spaghetti. They have the best spaghetti, lasagna, whatever. I know Alfredo is yeah. very much so not Italian. And I guess it'd be like someone going, well, I'll, they have the best Alfredo that I've ever had in an Italian restaurant. And like the real Italian restaurant is like, yeah, because it's not real. And they're very like triggered by that. Like how dare you right. wait authenticity of this and I know this life to this new version of it like this is not you can't 2.0 it if you could I would have done it that's kind of what she's saying to me you literally just blew my mind <laughs> like you got me to see it in a whole different way welcome to mixing with money this is how we get down I over literally here like I- shook. my head just you know that emoji where like the guy's brain is exploding <laughs> that's me listen 
Sam, I have to consistently teach six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, concepts of the world. Curriculum for these young kids these days is like emotional sustainability and like resilience. And I'm like, how do I tell that to a six-year-old? So I have to- You're like, how do I teach resilience? Simple. Like, they're like, what's our word today? They'd be like, resilience, rebibilibence, redibus, resils. And I'm like, yeah, something like that. Very close. Good like, job. Yeah. And everyone mm-hmm. gets a sticker. <laughs> but listen, I was oh my God. thinking that Robert Sr. sold Mary and his marriage to me better than she did. She was like, Chanel, he bought it for me. And he's like, I love my wife. And I'm like, wait, am I almost unbothered by this relationship? Like for a hot second, for a second, Which- I was fine. Which makes me think like they're probably really amazing pastors. <laughs> yeah he's probably like the really way that one. they could like sell it and like their charisma and like when mary gets into it like when he got into it, i was like oh like okay and then mm-hmm. i did really like when he said like she's not first lady she i look at her like an equal basically i was like it made her really emotional because i think she takes so much pride in that and that made me feel really happy for her she got a little teary-eyed yeah, she almost like she wasn't expecting it. And that's another thing. I think that there's something to be said. Like I got a lot of, um, it felt like a lot of not mixed signals, but like subliminal messaging was coming from Mary a lot of times during a lot of her confessionals that she really didn't want this or she's really uncomfortable even still in a lot of ways. And then you meet him and I'm like, well, this is that charisma that's making me kind of feel like I can see some reddit threads are saying like allegedly like he had everyone pray about it or something and then everyone was like what is the answer that god gave you and if you ask a bunch especially black christians if you ask a bunch of christians what they quote unquote heard from god in prayer they're gonna be like the answer is yes for whatever it is even if it's nothing at yeah all, they're gonna be like oh yeah well god told us what's what's going on he said yes and that's where they're saying he was like, oh, well, then great. The question was, should I marry Mary? And we don't know if that's true or not. We will never know. But if she did admit that they prayed about it. And I thought that was like a nice little connection yeah. to the people who've gone down these rabbit holes. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I remember I was on a club, I was on Clubhouse. Dave Quinn holds a state of the, like Bravo State of the Union every Friday on there. And he like brought up the conversation and um, Jonathan Chandler, was on there too. Mm-hmm. And he writes for badges. I love him. He's so funny. Yes. Amazing. He brought up the point, like where he, there's something, there's this like subliminal, maybe undertone going through the interwebs about Mary's church. And he's like, I don't like seeing it be called a cult. He's like, because like, he's like growing up in the black church, like, yes, it's, it's kind of frustrating. Like, Yes. Just because she's, you know, a powerful pastor or whatever, it doesn't make it a cult. Yes. And he I, was really talking about it. And I found that to be so interesting. I have said it on the podcast before that though I, she is Pentecostal, which is a level of rigidness in um in denomination, like Christian denomination, especially black denom- Christian denominations, that I my my aunt and her daughter are Pentecostal, but it is a lot more rigid than how I grew up. But I grew up in the black church. And I have said before, you, we treat our pastors like the whole money thing, we treat our pastors better than we treat ourselves. Like we regard 
them very closely to Jesus. Because in our mind, if Jesus and God is like the epitome and this person was chosen by God, wow, that's even bigger. They know directly, they have a constant understanding of what God wants and his plan for my life. And I must pay full attention and take care of them. Like my Nana is on when she had more of her wits about her she was on the pastoral committee of like constantly deciding the salary, the gift for the pastor every year for his birthday. They gifted him an Escalade. The church is not that big. I want to say it's maybe hundred to 150 people. It's not huge. It's in Vegas. Yes. Flashy, but still they get, they find it. Okay. So when Mary's like, y'all are poor. I mean, it's harsh, but low key, I can imagine because so many churches I know, especially Baptist ones, non-denominational ones, a lot of the black church, a lot of times they will see their pastor as like, they need to take care of them. And it's nothing wrong or right about it, but it's like, we need to make sure that they're okay because they're trying to make sure we're good with God and we go to heaven. And that's what we- And the people in her choir looked like they loved her. Like they looked like, like they were looking at her like, like she was everything and I was like yes it kind of bugs me when I see people talk about the cult thing because I'm like okay well Tamara Judge like I wasn't seeing that about Alexis Bellino being a part of a cult very good because she's like a white Christian and I I don't know so when he brought that up I was like yeah that's he articulated it better than I could obviously ever do um because I oh yeah and I feel also that like Yes, Jonathan made some really great points. And I think that, you know, Mary had a great comeback for it where she was like, listen, people compare, we're, we, pro- we practice a lot of the same things that Mormons do. People, and people, they were like, listen, people think we're a cult. So there it is, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, like the choir loved her. If we can just jump to that for a sec. That loved. man, when she called him, called him like basically fat and said he needed to lose weight, he looked like he was ready to do some jumping jacks. He was like, listen, I'll go on a diet oh, right was now like, for you, oh, Miss Mary. Go on the- mm-hmm. Yeah, Today. And, then when, and then when she was like telling him how he was singing or something, and he was like, <laughs> like I feel like she has a really good rapport with them. And I enjoyed, I want to see more of Mary next season. I really do. I want her to get out of that fucking closet and yes, like be a part of the group. Because I also think the other women like kind of enjoy her. Yeah, she's quirky and she's different. And I think that especially with Jen now being like, you know, uh, them on better terms. I, the reason I'm hesitating and finishing this sentence because now it means I'm going to have to shift to Jen. And I, I was trying to avoid this at all costs. I was just about to say that. Oh, do you want to talk about Jen? (laughs) I was trying, I know I have to, because I said, I started it on my Instagram stories this morning, but I mean, there's been a lot of people, especially on the internet, specifically black content creators. And I'm very happy there's finally enough space for us. Just looking, not upset, but a lot of eye rolls. I'm eye rolling a lot. And I would like to read a very particular tweet by one specific um, black content creator and, and, and uh, like a nice Instagram, Twitter personality because she responded directly to one of Heather's tweets about the reunion and Jen's experience. Okay. Heather said, I never want my friends to feel marginalized or misunderstood. Heartbreak emoji. It is my responsibility to educate myself daily and to not only be better, but do better. Hashtag R-H-O-S-L-C. Hashtag BLM. 
To which Akila Green, very popular person on the internet, is a, a black woman, specifically responded, girl, please, she hit you. That is aggressive. She owes you an apology. You weren't wrong. She also threw drinks, splashed cameras, and put her finger in people's faces. Unfortunately, no one on that stage, especially Najin, had the range to talk about race. And that last sentence is where I was like, thank you. Now my eyes can unroll. Because at first, they rolled very hard. Because when Heather hashtagged it BLM, I was like, why are we hashtagging it that? You weren't, this con- this confrontation didn't happen with the Black person. And I think that- No. That is the point, is that Jen is speaking from, it, it for a second, it sounded like she copy-pasted Potomac. Like she heard the Potomac reunion, heard the conversation, you can't use the word aggressive, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, that argument has a lot of base and merit on the Potomac set. It mm-hmm. doesn't on this set, because we're not talking about like, Mary, for instance, we're not talking about another person of color who is a black person of color who is dark or has a darker skin complexion. And that was the conversation that Wendy was having is what it means for that situation. And now that's a whole different story and conversation, but we're not having that conversation because Jen is not that person. So I was like, wait a minute, hold on, wait, what are we doing here? Because it felt like she was leveraging the white guilt of the situation. Like, yes, what Meredith said is true. There is obviously probably white privilege. Of, of course, we saw with Brooks, just saying. You know, there's a whole bunch of that on, on that stage for sure. Yeah. Jean, however, calling that out, she can call it out, but she needs to call it out from her experience. I don't know her experience in Utah, but just because Utahians or whatever they're called may regard you as black, <laughs> That's their ignorance of not knowing that there's literally a spectrum of people of color out there beyond black and white, but that doesn't mean that you are. So don't, this isn't our fight. Don't pull this into a movement where you feel like you're more empowered to say something now because of this, because that's exactly how we led to that stupid live where she equated being silenced on her cast with having a knee on her neck and, and that same situation. Nothing is compared to having a knee on your neck, but having a knee on your neck that you don't, that's there's, there's right. no comparison. That is the only comparison. And that is m- way different than you being silenced by some of your cast members. Right. So I was just very confused about that. And I felt for Heather because it was like, Jen was kind of just deflecting. She's a natural deflector. And yes, she is, I, yeah. I'm sure if anything went down and the cops really were called, she would be treated different because she is a person of color. But to that, my answer is don't threaten to kill people. I don't know, but that's you, you threatening to kill someone and them having an issue with that is not because they are a racist. And that's what I had an issue with Jen trying to equate it to. That whatever Heather and Whitney's feelings were about her behavior somehow made them racist to black people. When she's a non-black woman, who is threatening yeah. people and is very aggressively getting into people's faces and throwing drinks and things like that. The two, the two are not the same. No. And I think that's the, I mean, obviously it's so, so true, but when it comes to like Wendy, she's just speaking. She's not doing anything physically aggressive um, or that would be called aggressive in that way. She's literally just speaking and being told she's aggressive. Like, yes. what Jen is doing is like, literally, like, if anyone was doing that, I would be like, what the fuck? Like, why are you throwing things at me? Why are you hitting mm-hmm. me? Why are you 
like doing any of that. Wendy was speaking on it from a place of like, I'm just talking. You don't love what I'm saying or yes. how, like my tone. Yes. That doesn't make me aggressive. And then using that word aggressive towards another a person who is of a darker complexion. It's like a buzzword. Like they want a bu- to like exactly like get yeah. And I was like, no, 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 no. But how, what are your thoughts on Coach Shaw after the reunion? Um I, I found it a little know, weird that he was there, but not at her dad's funeral, but that's just me. <laughs> like how you get time off for that and not, you know, the one before. To me, if there's no such thing as an off season, I don't understand that at all. Um, how you flew to New York. <laughs> right. What I will say is I don't love that he wasn't at her father's funeral. That is obviously abysmal. However, I feel like just finding that information out that, there could be some real resentment harbored because she might have felt like if he had come sooner, like what he said, then maybe her dad would have been able to like last a little bit longer for whatever reason, because their relationship was that good. But that's what I felt like he was revealing that it wasn't just the funeral though. To me, that is more than enough, but it was also a little bit of something extra of, he had a relationship with him that if the last time he spoke to him, they were his, her dad was in good spirits. And then now he isn't in good spirits. It's because he could have made more of an effort to kind of get there and, you know, make, make it better. And I, bottom line, point blank period, he absolutely should have been at the funeral. I mean, that's just the way it is. There is no other way to slice it. Coach shop, should have been at the funeral if he can make it to a reunion he can make it to a funeral and I feel my issues with him they just don't supersede my new issues with Jed and so to me as a couple I just feel like my thing is like I I want I like her kids I even don't dislike her I like stew chains and everything and I like Coach Shaw, but I just had a really big issue with leveraging white guilt. Like I, I, for, for having a lot, and it's not because I feel like, you know, I need to stick up for white women and white allies everywhere or anything, but it just felt, I felt a little play because I know Heather, if she thinks she's good at being a good ally to the black community by somehow letting Jen walk all over her, that's not it. Those are not, those two things do not, are not the same, right? And and that's never what we've been asking for, which is what I'm talking about. Like, that's not her experience. Like, it, it, it that has a bigger issue for me. And I think that Jen does, she thinks that she's like Black by proximity, which is what I've felt that people of other shows do. Like, Leah on it written on new york like even a little sometimes heather like they do black by proximity because they have a lot of black friends and ha- because jen's has a black husband and has black sons she's like so by proxy i am that but that's not it like that's simply not it because you still are in a position where if you are ever asked tested or put through the same treatment you can pull the i'm not black card whereas we cannot and that is kind of the whole point and I feel like if between coach Shaw not being there for his wife but only showing up for the cameras and being the best husband the most doting husband on camera but somehow not being able to come to a funeral usually funeral is the only reason anyone can get off right like that's like the only reason in college you can not go to school is because of the funeral right and for him to not come to that but he can come to this in the middle of a panini and um he can get the COVID test and be there and I'm like 
there was no panic at the disco when we had, when the funeral was going on. So how can we make it here and your school doesn't see this as like an extracurricular activity? So between him doing that and Jen doing this performance and this bullshit, I'm a little over the shot couple. And I would like for them to, I'm worried about them having a second season because I actually think they're going to fall a little bit flat. They're going to fall from grace because they had a really hard hit to me on the reunion and the public is not loving them the way the way that they're supposed to be loved, if 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 you ask me. Oh my god, so <laughs> stupid. Um, no, Jen went into this season thinking she was going to be fan favorite. Like she, absolutely she had merch already, se- like selling merch and Did, stuff. She, like like selling before. a mic, like a microphone or something like the shop. Yeah, I'm like so. I think when she realized that Heather was fan favorite who I think she looks at like an underdog she was Mm -hmm. like oh fuck like but I okay so another thing that I just need to get off my chest here really quickly is I love Meredith like I think she's so beautiful I'm really yeah I do I love her but I need you to engage. Okay, thank you. I was about to say, like, I don't I hate her, you but you need to, to do your job. Yeah, and that is like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved when she said, I'm disengaging. I did love when she walked away from Jen at the table and was like, you're not going to talk to me that way. That's insane. The one time. You know, opened up about her childhood and how like her parents would fight all the time and she would just take herself out of that space. So I think her being so silent is just a trauma response. Um, so like when she hears all this fighting at three, she just checks out. And I also okay. think she's like on Xanax or something, but <laughs> then don't be on the show. Like I need you to, like, I get it. And I have sympathy and empathy and all of that for people who that's like something that they went through in their life. And that's how she reacts. But like, then don't be on the show. Right. I think that like talk I about agree. how you dated someone else like talk I, about that I would love to and she wouldn't like she wouldn't go there she wouldn't let Seth go there and it's one thing if you're not going to get I understand trauma responses but at the time Andy asking you a direct question nobody is arguing it's fully your floor and she's like why would I talk about my marriage in front of all these this group of people is my marriage is my marriage and I am not going to talk about my marriage in front of other people and I'm like then why are you here? Why was your marriage your only storyline if you're not going to talk about it? But that's the thing that got me. I was like, because she said the show saved my marriage. I'm like, okay, then talk about that. Talk about how it helped you. Talk about what you guys were going through. Because they said that they had like a tumultuous relationship hmm. where they would like get back together and break up and get back together. Or But this was like the most serious like split they had. Yeah. So I don't know. I just was kind of bothered by that. I didn't love it. Why is he like, back in Canton, okay. Ohio? Do you do why why do you think? Of all the places, why do you think well, he's back there? You think he's flying back and forth or are they back in a, a a bit of a situation? Oh, they're flying. He's flying back and forth. Literally nothing has probably changed in that relationship. Okay. Hmm. No, probably not. Yeah. Did you notice he didn't give a direct answer when Andy asked him if he dated other people? He said not really. And then he decided yeah, to talk about and, Meredith and how much he never yeah, stopped he, loving her. Yeah, he was like, I never stopped loving Meredith. I'm like, well, that's a nice thing to say, but, but that doesn't give answer? us anything. 
what is the answer? Right. Hello, right. Andy, can we get a circle back? Can we, can we, excuse me? Like, I wish reunions had live tapings. Like, I wish they were Watch It Happens lifestyle. And I could be like, excuse I me, know. actually, Andy, um, that's, that's deflection. He actually didn't answer the question. Can we bring that back? Excuse me, sir. Yeah, you said not really. Could you elaborate? I'd love to hear more right. about not really. Because Meredith, so did you really? Like, did you really and you not really? What is the difference here? Yeah. And so speaking of Mr. Andy Cohen, I have a little bone to pick with him. Uh-oh. I didn't love when he, when Whitney was crying about her dad. Oh my God, yes. And he goes, like, she's crying. She's like, yeah, her you know, dad I have stopped talked speaking to, him. to her. He's, he's disappeared. And he goes, did your dad wear a wig? Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, Andrew Cohen. He's like, so did your dad take no. your hair? I'm like, that's unimportant. We don't need to ask that. Even on camera. Like, nobody cares. I mean, that's like, like a, a did I want to know? Like, yes, I wanted to know because his hair was crazy, but not, like, read the room. And she's like, oh, (laughs) my dad cuts my hair, which almost made me even more sad because I'm like, damn, now she has to think about how he's like not around and this is like their bond and he probably would have gotten her ready for the reunion and cut her hair and everything. I'm like, Andy, these are not the right, this is is wrong. It's not the time. Yeah. And I, it's not the time. That's like a watch what happens live question. That's not a reunion when she's crying about him. It was a break question like while they're on break and we get like a little cutaway or something he's like we see it right before yeah. he goes we're back you know and you know what I think that brings it full circle to kind of end the the SLC conversation of you said that it should have probably been a solid two episodes and I was like how did we get to three and I think it's because they never would let the camera stop filming because during all the breaks they kept bringing up stuff that they knew they were going to want them to bring up on camera and they would do it so emotionally that they couldn't let it go so we kind of had the wrong breaks when Whitney's crying cut there ask her about the hair but when Lisa's yelling roll footage roll tape we keep going we don't call break you know what I'm saying like right (laughs) that's what we do but you know time will tell second season I'm hearing absolutely everybody is back and they're still filming right now which apparently um and I just talked about this on my Patreon uh my hot topics episode of um what's going on with the all-stars house but apparently they're not waiting for everyone to kind of get out of their season filming, which means Potomac and Salt Lake City and possibly someone else like can't Dallas. No, I don't think they even invite Dallas, but at least Potomac and Salt Lake City like couldn't wouldn't be able to come if it because if they, yeah. if they don't stop and film. And I know that's probably pissing Giselle clean off right now. Like, yeah, ugh. but I also wonder how true this is. Yeah, they've said nothing, even though they confirmed Miami coming back like the day after everyone found out that Miami was doing a thing. Yeah, and they also confirmed that Kelly Dodd has no contracts have been out for Orange County despite her saying that she was coming back. Yes, not a single one. I know that for a fact. They put out that statement literally like the next day. They were like, "Uh, this is absolutely not true. (laughs) Yes, absolutely not true whatsoever. And there's no telling when oc they were supposed to go out a minute ago i've heard though like they're really having a hard time with this i think they're waiting i have also heard they've asked a couple people from the past and that's what they were trying to wait on is those answers and allegedly they were trying to ask my girl heather and i really want that to be (gasps) true but then i also heard that 
if I heard allegedly they asked her and she said no. So now I really don't want it to be true because I want her to say yes. And I really want to update on her ice because when we last saw her, she was building her dream house and we never got to see it after it was finished. And she told us you can actually pick the shape of the ice that comes out of your refrigerator. And I want to know what shape she picked. Yes, I think with Heather, that was some rich I bitch shit that I've never Astro. heard of. Oh, you know how many times I say Portica share because of Heather Dubrow? A champagne wa. It's the only time I know what that is. Now when people are like, oh, I'm going to bring Prosecco. We can have mimosas. I'm like, well, technically mimosas is or- are orange juice and champagne. And Prosecco is not a champagne. It's more of like a champagne wa because it wasn't made in champagne region of France. Heather DeBro taught me. Thank you for coming to my champagne TED talk. I don't even know how true that is. I've been holding on to that since I was in high school. So thank you. And now the time has finally come for us to talk about Atlanta. I couldn't be more thrilled. I know you couldn't. You, we literally texted each other. She was like, I have notes. I'm very excited. And I was like, me too. I can't wait to hear your notes. And you were like, I'm nervous that. Tell the people what you said to me. I'm nervous that you're not team Kenya. (laughs) And I really should have responded. I'm nervous that you are team Kenya, but no, it's okay. We're not going to have a you and Steven faces by Bravo. Oh my God. Famously on the (laughs) wrong side of the table. I'm glad I was team the table because Sam was one way and Steven was the other way. And it was like, we can't discuss this. This is, this is like, yeah, no, politics at Thanksgiving. We are like best friends and him and I could not discuss Potomac the entire season. Like we couldn't <laughs> do it. so crazy to me. Uh, like, is we, so crazy. I know. Isn't that fucked up? Yes. Like what are we even doing? But him and I, like we would talk about everything else, but Potomac. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's probably best to not. <laughs> when it yeah. gets that, you know, me, um, I'm a... I'm a, a serial fence writer, and that's mainly because I watch a lot of these shows purely objective. And that was my answer to you about being Team Kenya. I'm like, do I love Kenya? She actually makes it really hard for me to love her. I don't hate. Oh, her, she makes though. it really hard. I yeah, I don't hate her, and I rooted for her all last season when it came to her and that trash husband, and I want her out, out, out immediately. Fucking Mark. And her baby is adorable. So there are lots of oh, parts of Kenya. I'm sad we can't see her. Yeah, that's Mark really, now he's, he's really interrupting my life now because I used to live for seeing Brooklyn. I loved seeing Brooklyn. She's the so cutest cute. baby. And now I'm really upset she's on this trip and I can't even see her. But that being said, Kenya is, she's not the friend I'd want on my bachelorette party because she won't let me have fun. That is <laughs> a little rude. However, as a viewer, I'm team the plot. And I'm very grateful you know, for I agree. giving me this plot. She's at least being like, I know the girls want to know who did it and no one else is going to do it but me. So I'm like, listen, don't love that you're doing this to your friends, but also keep going. Yeah, because she's like doing what I want her to do. Like, mm-hmm. I want to know what happened. Yeah. Listen. She's doing us a favor. Thank so you, maybe Kenya. I'm not, maybe I'm not fully team Kenya but I am more team the plot with like a mm-hmm. sprinkling of more team Kenya you know what I'm saying yeah I see it I'm I see it I I'm think I'm definitely what happened with team... Bolo thank you did yes. you see the unedited picture of his penis listen I that's a monster I am Bolo 
uh, has a career lifelong. Okay. He's going to be able to retire doing this if he wants to. I heard his Instagram is now very much so like regular fashion model things, which I don't know. We Nobody knows how fine he is or not. He was wearing a mask and a face shield. And anytime we saw it, he was looking things and it was really foggy. But what we do know is he knows how to bring the freaky deaky out of all of these women. So let us start from the beginning. We are approaching a stripper in a box. His name is Bolo, and I like to call him Bolo the Long Dong Stripper um, because this is finally the episode where peaches get cobbled by a long dong stripper. Y'all know I've been living for that headline. It's my favorite highlight of the season, my favorite headline I've ever seen in my life. Can't get enough of it. Thank you, Love B. Scott, for that one. And he comes in and does a nice little performance, right? The women are all dressed in their garbs. Candy really knows how to throw an event. We're getting, we saw things and peaks of her dungeon party or her dungeon tour. But this, she has a career in this. I honestly feel like she should start throwing people bachelorette parties. She's amazing. She took on full yes. mistress character. She gave Cynthia vibrating pain. I'm like, can we do these things on the inter- on the television? <laughs> When they, had, when they had Cynthia in the swing and they were like vibrating, I was like, they like put what? The, 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 the toys up again. I was like, is this okay? Wait, is it also consensual? Like, I mean, I hate to be the, the millennial Gen Z cusp that I am, but I am like, is this consensual? Did Cynthia sign something? Did she get blanket consent? <laughs> is that revocable at any time? I'd like to know. I'm sorry. I just want to ask. Like, <laughs> I mean, Cynthia looked like she wasn't having a good time, but I was just like, wait, wait, you got the remote? Like, (laughs) not Candy having the remote. And Candy was so into it. Like, she was so into that character. I was loving it. And then Marlo, who's probably one of my favorite people on Bravo of all time, she like called out his fake Chanel. (laughs) Yes. But she was like, it's a dead, it's a designer cock, is what she called it. It's fake, yes. but the dedication to the fashion is real. And we appreciate mm-hmm. it. Only in Atlanta, honey. Only in Atlanta. Um, one of my favorite podcasters, Lacey Mosley, she's famously says in Atlanta, they literally drive around in their mortgages. And that's very true. Anything for the look. Like to give us, if you can just compliment them for a second, whether it's rented, can't afford or whatever, they just want to have a good time. And I'm here for it. We're good. We're That's here for awesome. a good time, not a long time. Okay. And Bolo was here for both. He, the, the flashes to Bolo, I mean, chef's kiss to the editors when they kept like flashing him in the box and he was like licking his lips and the light was like hitting him. I was dying. It was so dramatic. It was so dramatic. Him, oh my God, it was so and funny. He gave a little performance for us at first, then he left. And Portia said two things very important. She told us beforehand that someone's going to eat that thing of hers that night. She was Mm -hmm. very, very clear that she is going to be having the sex. Don't know if that happened or not, but she was clear at the time. And then she went to Bolo herself and she was like, you don't got to leave. And she started to try to put it on him, the little twerky twerk. And he was not really that moved because she did fall and that's fine. And we all have our moments where we fall. I felt that. I was like, that would be me. (laughs) Like just busting my ass. But she actually made up for it by giving us a gift that's now going to keep on giving because she invited that man back. She said, actually, we're about to have fun if you want to come back. And he's like, y'all going to film? And she's like, "Uh uh-uh. 
And when they kicked um, all the, the crew out, they were like, Candy okay, we're done. did though, which I we're find done. so important. Candy, someone said in my mixer the other night that I had on Zoom. Um, shout out to that. That was really fun. People should come to the next one. We're doing Atlanta, actually. Um, that Candy is like the Bethany. She really does run and call the shots of Atlanta. She was like, we love to be able to take these mics off and stop filming so we can have some real fun. And they were like, okay, bet. Like, yeah, go ahead. And they knew better, but they were, Candy's like, no, where else are you going to cover the camera? It's like, we're going to have fun and I'm going to make that happen. That would not be a, the case for any other person. Cause I almost felt a little offended. I was like, Candy, you don't get to just do this to me. You don't get to just start something on my dime, not really mine, but mine. Right. It's right. my money. Cause it's my time and my time yeah. means your money. And so how are you just going to shut it down and I don't get to see what's going on and now, but you know what? It's okay because the rest of the season is practically going to be about this mystery. And I'm glad we don't really get to know what it was. I but- know. Like, I kind of like it. Like I like that there was like the hidden cameras that they were trying to hide and then um, mm-hmm. like covering them like, all and taking the mics covering off. Covering them, like take it like the shots through the blinds with the um, subtitles. I was loving it. Yes. And they were like putting arrows and we did get to see because of the little peekaboo that Toya has switched teams. Thanks. No one other to Portia's luscious lips. She yes. Put it on they her. are hot. I was like very into it. I was like, Toya is gorgeous. Portia is gorgeous. I said, no, that makes sense. (laughs) These are attractive individuals. Yes. I love the whole thing. And I, what I love is that it's, it wasn't like fully on camera. So like now we can talk about it. We can speculate. We can have fun with it. I think, Mm -hmm. I mean, only in Atlanta, this could happen. Only in Atlanta. Apparently had a really great time. There was some flipping around and some twerking on and she said on watch what happens live I believe that like you know she had to kind of tell Ralph up front and because I was nervous at first I think she was very grateful that the cameras went down which to me says something like why are all these women just so grateful that the stripper is here to relieve them of all their stresses and pressure because their men are fucking trash that means something yeah Ralph (laughs) so hot but literal garbage no actual like hot he's literally hot garbage hot trash yeah Crash like you know fire. that like when he when they have sex it's like strictly about him yeah it's whatever he wants when he wants it all that stuff mm-hmm. I mean we saw yeah. it that night that um whatever she named her wig he was like yeah I'm taking this upstairs we're gonna go and have sex now and she's like oh okay yeah and I'm like yo he really disrespected the fuck out of you your very first night on tv your first day at work he almost literally job. on your first day but sure yeah let's just reward him <laughs> okay girl I'm- you know what I really loved? I loved seeing Kenya like dressed number one, so hot. Chocolate was uh-huh. so hot. That's her name that she gave herself. Mm-hmm. And like, I liked watching her kind of like crawl around. And then when Portia goes, I can see her uterus, I screamed. Which is funny to me, considering Portia was naked. Like, I know she didn't necessarily oh, pick I the know. outfit. They like- said that Candy said she, her, her team picked them, which again, Candy, you have a future in this. Because I thought every woman looked smashing. They were out of the park, next level, 10 out of 10, sexy as hell, go for it. Like, I love every Mikey could outfit. never. No, never. <laughs> Don Juan knocked it out of the park, like you said. For real, okay? Mm-hmm. So I loved it. You didn't think then that Kenya was trying to steal Cynthia's spotlight a little bit when she was rolling around on the floor and we all forgot that it was Cynthia's bachelorette party and not Kenya's sex show? 
okay. I didn't even think about it like that. Really? To be honest, the camera panned down and she's like, Cynthia's in a swing and we should have been focused on the fact that this 50 something year old bombshell supermodel is about to get remarried. She's in a swing being controlled with a remote and a dildo by another woman who's being made. Everyone call her a mistress, but Kenya's on the floor. I just think it added to the chaos. Like I enjoyed it because it felt very chaotic and it was like all these women are literally like twerking on the floor, rolling around. You know, the mistress has the vibrating remote. Cynthia's in a swing and okay, Cynthia so she was just stealing is, it. Yeah, I just felt she was stealing it. But then okay. we gotta talk about the Marlo Kenya reconciliation. I am so here for it. So many people I are am not too. here for it. And it's not because I love Kenya, it's because I love Marlo, and it's because Marlo is the only other person who heard the like the sex. And I'm like, I now need now we have two people. So I mean, yeah, she's like, I went downstairs and I heard something. And Kenya was like, you heard something too. It's kind of like in Potomac when they, when yes, Robin yes, and Candy yes. realized that they both heard the same thing coming from Michael and they were like, yes, oh, fuck. like, okay, someone's dick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause they were like, am I crazy or did that really happen? And then when they, crazy. yeah. And when they heard someone else confirm it, they were like, oh shit. Okay. This really happened. And Tanya obviously did some shit. Oh, she looks so guilty. So alleged, but the way Portia kind of went nuts, like she went ham at the pure allegation, whereas everyone else was like, girl, what? Oh my God, really that happened? Mm. Oh, anyways. But Portia was like, oh no, uh-uh. See, this is what I hate about Kenya. She is really trying to ruin my fun. And while I'm like, I agree, thou doth protest too much. And Portia I- made the cardinal sin. What she said to Tanya and now look, she's accusing you and you're holding, you got a whole fiance. Like I'm single, but you got a fiance. I said, you're establishing character so that it can't come into question later. And that is what you're going to make it about later. And that is a, you're making a defense. And that means you're guilty to me. Well, and too, I just think any reason for her to hate Kenya, she'll do it. Because yeah. Kenya's like, you're on a show, Portia. Like, yeah. Kenya's right. going to talk about the fact that there was a stripper with a huge dick and she heard moaning. She's yeah. going to talk about I it. I mean, she made She's her baby. She's not trying to ruin your fun. She made I her baby Kenya's... wait 45 minutes. Oh my God. The tweets about that were <laughs> killing me. No, they... mom. So I'm laughing. I'm sorry. It's not great. I'm, I'm gay for Brooklyn. Get your, get your food. Which is also kind of funny because the whole purpose of Brooklyn coming was so Kenya could take care of her like immediately and like be the only person to take care of her. But like, and make it really hard for Mark to like pull reasons why she shouldn't have full custody. But I guess making a baby wait 45 minutes for milk, if that really happened. Like, I think right. she's trying to say, like, I really did listen the whole time. I know they were having sex, but she doesn't realize that that comes with a consequence of people being like, so then what was Brooklyn doing? Because wasn't that the whole reason you were up? Yeah, I maybe I like am blindly team Kenya because like, I didn't really mm. care about that. Mm, oh, okay. <laughs> because that, like, Oh, I was okay. just like, okay, she's just trying to figure out what the fuck's going on in the house. Like, I would do the same thing. <laughs> she's trying to do her I job, would... working mom. Yes, I'm like, thank you. <laughs> and I also got some, like, some um, background information on the crab cake from oh, last please. week. Please let me know what's going on with the crab cake. Okay, so they had a lunch planned. Like, she had lunch planned. Production did. And production canceled mm-hmm. it. Mm, why? So Kenya was like, 
okay, then I'll just order my own food. Like you guys are all adults. You can all order your own food. I wonder if that's the problem. So they all knew that the food wasn't coming. So Kenya was like, okay, then why are we all mad about this? Well, it's because they were like, okay, so we knew food wasn't coming. We thought we were all in this together, not eating. That's why they're mad about this. Because we didn't know Kenya was going to go ahead and look out for herself and not let, which makes sense because they did say you couldn't let nobody know you were on the Grubhub. You can send the link and it lets us all edit the order. And like all pay and contribute. Like you could at least send it with the demo. That's just who Kenya is. We have to expect it. It's annoying, but. Yeah, when you're hungry. I'm so hangry. Like, it's unreal. When I would hungry, be candy. You're mad. And Candy was hurt about this crab candy, cake. Candy, I've never seen her that mad, except for the season <laughs> nine reunion. Like, those two things, like, rivaled each other. I was like, okay, oh my God. Yeah. She doesn't like when people, when, she, Candy to me is actually really a girl's girl, which I really appreciate. Totally. And even Marlo, because Marlo, to know that she did hear something and she tells us that at the end when she's reconciling with Kenya, but at the beginning, she's like, mm, I don't know shit. That's their business. Don't know. Can't, couldn't tell you. I was like, Marlo is such a ride or die that I really, really, really respect that about her. But now I'm fully into her switching teams and going with Kenya and being like, nah, I heard some shit. You know, she won't go as hard, but where I think it makes it hard for me to get into Team Kenya. While I'm excited that she's exposing this right now, I think she's going to make it go from a mystery to a problem. I okay, like you think faith. it's going to get kind of more than like, oh, we just kind of want to know what's happening and it's fun to like yes. deeper and darker. I think she's going to actually okay. vilify someone for doing this. And I hope it doesn't happen. But something tells me she's going to be like, I'm waiting for my, like I was going to give my daughter food and you're doing this in the same house as my daughter. I'm like, well, you didn't care oh, that you the stripper think- was. I oh, do. I okay. really do. I think that is going to. It's going to be an issue because if she does accuse Portia, and now we see Portia's about to come in here, guns blazing. This is my theory. If Portia's like, you need to let this go because she's guilty as hell, and that's fine, Portia. We want that for you. Um, it's a very big glow up. Um, if Portia is very. like, you need to let this go for the sake of me and Tanya, specifically Tanya. Kenya's going to be like, actually, I have a right to be mad, not you, because Kenya hates when anyone has a real reason to be mad at anyone, okay, ever. And she's like, I have a reason to be mad because it was my daughter in the other room and she's yeah. sleeping and you're over here having sex noises. And I'm like, okay, so now we're no longer having fun and just exposing a mystery. And I think she does not let the mouse go a la Sutton because Tanya allegedly quits midseason, which means we honestly probably can't even talk about it as much anymore because she's no longer there. So then what was the point? I want to have fun. I don't want people to leave and I can't talk about it. Right. (laughs) What is the whole purpose? This is the whole point. I think if Candy and Cynthia approach it, if it starts to get that way and they approach Kenya in like a more like, you know, like let's talk about it kind of way, I think she'll hear it. But when, if it's Portia Mm -hmm. coming from, if it's coming from her, it's not going to end well. No. She's immediately going to be defensive because they've never gotten along ever. Yeah. Which makes sense to me because they're both kind of, they're both there to do the same job. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, Portia just does it with a, it's crazy to me when I hear people who are so anti Portia, like actively, all the same reasons why I hear, yes, yes. I have actually gotten a few people in my DMs who was like, 
Portia is always getting the hero at it. She is always getting this queen at it. And she does the same thing. She stirs the pot and everyone just loves her. They find her so funny. Kenya is producing a show. And I'm like, I've never argued that. Actually, I'm really grateful for Kenya for those reasons. My issue is that she takes it too far and she won't let us have fun with her shade. Like, say it, start the fire, and then walk away. Be like, who did that, you know? She she always goes a little too far. Yes. I mean, Portia... The whole point that everybody's favorite line of the who said that is when Portia is like, yeah, who said that? And it was her that said it. Like she literally <laughs> lit the match and then ran away. That's fun. We'll forever live in yeah. history. It's amazing. I, and I'm really, like we were saying, we're really happy about Marlo and Kenya, you know, becoming friends because yes. I do think that there's like this level of like, respect there yeah and I I love and I think that they both like are so smart because the way that they can like deliver a line is incredible and I just I'm excited to see them like drink together and have fun and maybe come together as like single moms and like Mm. be like a be a village for each other yeah I see that maybe we'll see it I mean I don't know I think it's all going to be authentic because King is like you know only time will tell and I would like to see them stop going at each other. Although Kenya Moore hair care is very funny. Although, um, you know, water in the bottles is very funny. Oh, oh, like the fake booty. That's very funny to me. I'm going to miss the light digs. Marlo yeah. has gone farther, much farther. And that's just unfortunate. <laughs> Marlo just does though. That's just who she casualties. is. Yeah. Like when she would come at, like when she comes at anybody, she, mm-hmm. she, I mean, I think her and, Candy got into it a couple seasons ago, and that's when Candy yelled at her and Nini and was like, "If I could take every, if I I could take care of every motherfucker in here, mm-hmm. like, don't worry about it, don't worry about my money." Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's I'm. And how do you feel about Cynthia and Mike? Um, I feel that. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> I feel that Cynthia. I think Law is about to lose her housewife's career over this marriage. And that's quite frankly fine with me. I've always thought of Cynthia as a professional beta. I don't think she has an alpha bone in her body. And that's really not shade. I find her to be a lovely woman. But I, if, if it's that easy for one of your BFFs and your bridesmaids to steal the thunder at your bachelorette party to where we're looking at her rolling around on the floor and not you in a sex swing with vibrating underwear and a whip being placed up again. Like if we can't even focus on that and we're focusing on someone else's because you naturally just don't have the spotlight girl. It just doesn't draw itself to you. And that's okay. We all need to know our place, but a beta with no alpha makes no sense to me. And now we are seeing this version of her at the worst time in history where- Oh my God. This is bad. Like to see her- It's like, really bad. Really go ham for a super spreader wedding while her own fiance now husband is like, as long as I marry you, I really don't care. Like, if she's really like, no, the date, and she's like, no, if I can't have 300 people there, I don't want it. And I'm like, that's and she insane. had saying, and she had it. Like, that's yeah. the thing that's so crazy is watching it is you see them have these conversations, but you know that it happened mm-hmm. and people can say that they wore masks or they wore visors. Okay. If I'm wasted with all my friends and I'm in a Which gown, I'm taking the fucking visor off. They did eventually. There's yeah. very many, a lot of, uh, 
a lot of pictures where that's not happening. There's right. so many dancing. Because Giselle even said on, um, I think like either Watch What Happens Live or her chat room show that like they were, they started off good. Which right. masks can only do with so much when you're in an inoculation period of being there for super long times up against each other with 200 people in one room, just saying. Um, yeah. It can only, the, the whole point is to be apart from each other and outside and none of those things happened. None and of it. If Bravo is going to even say, girl, this is too risky, too dangerous. We, we got to pull the plug and they don't film it. For her to go and hire her own film crew afterwards to film this because it's that important to her that she feels no wrong about it and to just be happy as a clam doing it, I'm annoyed. Like, I'm so annoyed. People are really not seeing family for Thanksgiving. I mean, you have our friend, Ryan mm-hmm. Bailey, who went to, like, he went to family's house. He drove, he took every precaution. It was like zero people at his family's house and they still all got COVID. Like, people are literally redoing their entire lives. Like they're refabricating their lives and their relationships. But what was important to you is that you have your 247 people, super spreader wedding. And she's like, well, no one got it to my knowledge. Well, we don't know. Did you call every 245th person? I doubt you did, because I don't even think you knew everybody who was there. Right, and then did you call any of the people that they came in contact with afterwards? Right. Because you just don't fucking know. Like, to me, even if you had a wedding, any wedding, I'm pretty sure would get her a lot of backlash. So people who are, like, you know, defending Cynthia, like, well, anything she would have done. But 250, girl, is insane. You did not need your yeah. Karen there. You just didn't. You didn't no. need them there. You <laughs> didn't even need 11 bridesmaids. Like, what are you doing? Just yeah, and you're also, like, in your 50s. Like, like she's acting like me currently as a fiance. And I'm way more that. reasonable than her. I'm like, maybe four four bridesmaids. That seems like a reasonable amount. Like, <laughs> I'm over yeah. here, like, under 100, just in case. We don't know what we'll be in a year. Like, I want to think so, 2022. Do you have a date? Happen. Yeah, we do. 11-11-2022. Oh, my God. You have the same, like, wedding day as Kim and Croy. <gasps> Oh God. Well, at least ours rhymes. It's a multiple. It's a, um, okay. But like, multiple? honestly though, like they're kind of like a beautiful love story. So maybe that's like kind of nice. Maybe it's nice. Maybe it's not. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe we didn't mean to ruin it. Kim is, yeah. Oh, she's I mean, very she had, one of, but... she had one of my favorite exits of all time. And I love when Nini choked her, not because of like violence, but because it was just really wild. I didn't see that coming. At this yeah. Time. They're, their relationship is hilarious. And I find it said, to be riveting television. Yes. He's like, well, when we're not working together, like on film, we are great. When we're on They're film, we're the ultimate frenemy. It's like, so good. They know that they make great TV together, the whether they're friends or fighting. So the it's best. iconic. And truthfully, if there's an all stars thing going on in the works, I would love to see Nini and Kim on it. Because so, I want to see some OGs. Like, someone, I don't want to see someone Bronwyn. Post, like, <laughs> someone did like, post, uh, like, a thought process of what if it was either, like, the most problematic housewives and they made them do, like, a redemption. Like, you know, like, Bad Girls Club, like, when they yeah. tried to hire the therapist and make them actually redeem themselves or and whoever like, basically um, was like the most rehabilitated gets to go back to their show or it's like past housewives where they all go to an island and whoever is like the best all-star they get to go back and they get a contract the winner gets a contract yeah I support it but I think Jill Zarin would be the last one standing really truthfully why why walk me through that Jill Zarin of all the people 
Well, I mean, like, who are you thinking of? Like, that was the first one I thought of. I or Caroline am, Manzo. I'm thinking. Okay, no, no, Caroline's so boring. I've never you, understood. No, no, no. That but family. you don't think she would win? No, I think she would just try to like mob everyone, and the person you can't mob is like Nini. Nini doesn't give a fuck about your mob. <laughs> That's true. I you Neither and I talked Bethany. about this. On she Amy's wouldn't care girls. about that either. We love Nini. Am yes. I wrong? No, we do. I really do love her. I can't even say anything. Like I, I, I know people. I have said it before. When you rewatch seasons one, two, and three, anything she does later, you you simply it's hard to care about. Not to mention, I really hate the fact that Nene had one to maybe two really bad seasons. Her last season on TV, she did an entire redemption tour. She tried to apologize to people and, and you know, she did the best she could. Whereas in Housewives, apologies are not mandatory. They are not required. Right. And she was still not allowed to get that arc and come back from that. And everyone else gets this, right? Everyone else is going to get this redemption tour. And I'm like, how? How does that make sense? Because Nene has built things. Well, there's also a double standard because Mm -hmm. people are like, oh my God, she was so checked out of the reunion. I'm like, Ramona fell asleep. Mary did too this year. But, but you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, Ramona's falling asleep is supposed to be so iconic, but yet Nini can't, but if you watch all of the reunions, but that's the thing I, you know, I recently rewatched all of Atlanta and she she always holds that kind of stoic I'm above it attitude from the very beginning. I don't know why people have such an issue with it later on. Mm-hmm. It, I find the double standard to be so infuriating Yes, because she like, she is in the Smithsonian. Yes. What other housewife is in this fucking Smithsonian? Like if you, you don't watch Housewives, the, um, the, you know the African American History Museum one. Yes, yes, I've seen her. I've gone many times because that, I you know live there, and that is my ex boyfriend. The best. He goes. I don't know anything about Housewives, but isn't Nene on there? I'm yeah. like, exactly. Like you know who Nene is, and I think people have a huge fucking issue with a woman who's, you know black and confident and has self-love and knows what she wants makes her own money um doesn't give a fuck what you think and she's also you know she's not built like a charade or yes she's tall she's not she's tall she's curvy she was a stripper she owns it and they really want her to have regret little package that people Mm -hmm. want and I think that that's a huge problem and I think that she gets held to such a different standard and I find it to be so it drives me nuts because to me her and Teresa even though I'm not a huge fan of Teresa right now are two of the most iconic housewives of all time I don't love the idea of some OGs getting it forever but I've always said that between me and Teresa their shows have been the, the iconic behavior of that is associated with those particular franchises is because of both of those women and they definitely do reserve deserve that respect so while you know just saying well I don't necessarily agree with what Teresa did to Jackie and if someone did that to me in my relationship I would absolutely go off it would really really upset me even if I knew for a fact it wasn't true um but I don't also love how much I've seen Jackie be like ready to dethrone her since she walked in. And I'm like, okay, so with who? You? 
because that's not happening. Are you going right. to go to jail think, for TV? But I, I think <laughs> who's yeah, going to prison? Like they are a different Nini, Nini, um, uh, Teresa. Oh my God, Teresa. Sorry, Teresa, Vicky, Tamra, Bethany. Like those women are a different from a different era of reality television. Yes. Like when they came on TV, there was still flipping out. There was still millionaire matchmaker. There was, mm-hmm. you know, American Idol where dragging the contestants was the biggest selling point of the show. Like reality TV was so much meaner. Yes. And both of so them. So they come from a very different place and they are like, I started this show and you should have some respect for that. And I'm not in love, obviously, with the host, but the concept of them being placed, both of them, on Celebrity Apprentice because of how I, like, they started to transcend from what people thought was, like, trash, nobody cared TV of Housewives to popular culture. Mm-hmm. They took Housewives into pop culture to me. Like she was on the new normal and flipping out. She was on glee, like from flipping out. And then Nini's just overall personality where Teresa flipping that table and, you know, engaged 19 times. Like it became a thing. They wanted her to put it in different promotions. Like she just did it for Sabra Hummus. Like, yeah. For the Super Bowl. Like that that iconic. And Nini, you can hate her. You can love her, but she is to, I've always said she is the most gifable the most memeable, the most quotable housewife of all time. There is no one that has more known and notable quotes than Nene Leakes. And I mean, you are None. saying them in other scenes that have people don't even know who housewives are. And they're mm-hmm. saying Nene Leakes things. Yeah. And I she said what I said. Before Erica did. Hello, listen. And she didn't do the stereotypical Chicago. No, she did she a real didn't. Broadway show. Okay. She was like, what was she? She was like the fairy godmother Cinderella? or something. Yeah, I think yeah. she was Cinderella. With, um, and then the- Kiki Palmer. Oh, I love her. But yeah. I there was this really moving scene. Sorry, we're getting like so off track. I'm so no, sorry. But okay. we love this. They were this is all over she was the place. in a parade. She was like in a parade in like one of the early seasons. And it was like the LGBT LGBTQ parade, I think. Mm-hmm. And like she was getting like a really emotional because people were calling her name and they knew who she was. And she was like, I came from nothing. And like people know who I am now. This is all I've ever wanted. And I was like, Oh, like I got emotional right. <laughs> watching it. And I just, I hated that people were like, she's so detached and she feels like she's better than everyone now that she's on house. I'm like, then you didn't watch from the beginning. Cause Nini was better than everybody. She basically told us she never met Phaedra and they grew up like five minutes away from each other or something since we I met her that. mainly because Phaedra married a criminal. And I said it a million times. And I'm going to say it again for whoever's like, she keeps repeating herself. That episode in season three where Phaedra is in her like lingerie <laughs> cooking salmon and bacon for Apollo in the morning. And she's like, you can really tell the bacon's from the farm. It's so fresh. I'm like, what, what does that even mean? But right. Nini, you just hear her. You don't even see her. You just hear her overlay explaining the relationship between Phaedra and Apollo for their scene when she says Apollo is a criminal. And Phaedra is an attorney. Maybe they met that way. I don't know. And I'm like, I can like hear her saying it. Apollo is a criminal. It will live in my brain rent-free forever. <laughs> I it has, it has. It's been doing but it for years. There's been like a resurgence of her famous quotes on TikTok. They, they, they She's should. all over TikTok. 
And for anyone who's wondering, if you want to Google it, because it might not necessarily be Googleable, but um, one of the best TikToks that I've ever seen is the reread. Like this, this young man does, I believe, man, I don't want to assume your pronouns, but he does a an entire skit, like a retelling of Phaedra's iconic read to Kenya that is entirely too disrespectful to even repeat, but it is in, incredible. And then there's that moment where Nini just looks at Andy looks at Phaedra and like whips her head around like on a bolt. Like it's so funny. And I, I know. bring that up because that is one of the moments that got her into the African-American History Museum because it's not about Housewives that she's in that's like the segment. It is how her facial expressions on the show are so iconic, but they represent what it means to like the, the quintessential black mother look. Like there were just certain looks like when I was in church, my mom would look at me and I knew I was gonna get it when I got home because I was not acting right in church and I was embarrassing her. And the rule number one in a black household is you do not embarrass your parents. You just don't. No matter what, you act respectful, you do what you got to do, show them how you were raised. And in church, oh, honey, that's a whole, that's a whooping, like with the I-N-G, like it's a big, big, big offense. And that they were detailing how Black women communicate with just the look. And Nene is the best example of how she, you know, everything she's thinking and saying by just the way she looks at you, that swivel of, hmm, hmm. And what she said is true. And I don't even need to say anything. And that to me is how you maintain OG status because some fights weren't even hers and her reactions kept her in the, in, in the scene. Yeah. She's just that and, great. And I think the reason maybe she was getting so detached is maybe she felt disrespected. Yes. You know, she probably was like, I started this show where, okay, there's a really famous um monologue from Portia from her first season um where it's at the reunion and she's talking about Cordell mm-hmm. and she's like you guys don't understand like how hard it was for me blah 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 and Nini was like very quick to be like you don't understand she's like when we started this show there was no one that looked like us yeah so imagine how hard it was for us yes and it, like she just goes in this really powerful speech and moment and I just loved it because I it, that. I just think that she just deserves a little bit more respect than she's given. I think people are more quick to be like, oh my God, Teresa's iconic. Ramona's iconic. Ramona is fucking racist. But yeah, Ramona they won't so give me her flowers. She really triggers me. Like, I don't understand the love for her so much, but I, I get the moments. Like, yes, wow, Bethany, wow. And why that's so iconic people, I don't know. When we have close your legs to married men. Right. and trash box like we're we're really creating things in Atlanta and Potomac we create moments we create dialogues yes. that go on to mean very many things but yeah while Bethany Wow and women supporting women things that should it's, also just be natural it, I don't know it really just shows you like what the standard is for like white women to be iconic and if anything Dorinda much, was more iconic and how black me. women have to be like so they have to do it all Two times more, two times more. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's absolutely insane. And it's, 
it's one of the reasons why I think that if anything, if if we're really going to allow, you know, this trope that Nene was like the worst thing that ever happened to Atlanta, I would have loved to just seen the arc. I would like to have seen her exit on her own terms or something and yeah. given that opportunity to kind of apologize and then come back because she has given us so much. I in no way think the season is necessarily hurting, but I do think we've had to do a lot more engineering because of it. They have had so many scenes already this season where I'm like, I know exactly where you hit cut and where you hit play. Like, it looks like it. Out of nowhere, yeah. Kenya and Cynthia are talking about LaToya while eating. Out of nowhere, Ralph is, you know, telling uh, Cynthia's husband, Mike, or whatever, that he left for days. Like, it just seems inauthentic. And Nene never lets that happen because she doesn't really let anybody rest around her. Mm-hmm. Everything is her business. And I really, I really even miss when her and Kenya used to, like, go at it, but also even be friends. Like, the whole white yeah. refrigerator... Bye, Kenya. I gotta pee. Like, just y'all go rewatch Atlanta and have a good time. Yeah, like, seriously. Like, if that. this conversation has done anything, like, please go rewatch it. It's so good. Yeah, because I mean, I love this episode. I think Bolo was incredible because we needed this, but we're not gonna have this for a while. And I'm afraid of how downhill this is gonna go, where they're like not gonna let the mouse go or something. So, really, we're just all gonna have to come back to this episode and rewatch it because it was fun. But I want us to relish in the fun of this for a while. Oh, for sure. Like, we need to enjoy it. I think the whole lake house trip has been fun. I like when all the women are forced to be together. Oh, it's so good. Full cast, I'm loving it. I think Oh, I love it. it. How do you feel like about LaToya switching people? teams? Like, she went from Kenya to now being like, I understand why y'all don't like Kenya. She won't let anybody have fun. And I was like, yeah, because Kenya's acting a little No, because LaToya, LaToya, I think befriended Kenya to get on the show and then when she got accepted by the quote-unquote like nieces or cool girls like Portia and Phelan and Shamia and like Marla was considered a niece because that's just my character it's just right that's what that's what Portia said her spirit's younger than all of them LaToya just has like a dark dark energy and like Mm. I don't really love her I I mean, I think she's good for the show, I guess. Like, she brings drama, but I don't love her. Sam. What? Did you catch that mid-season trailer? Yes. When Drew, her star, is going to shine. My God. I know. I was like, how dare I? I, Again, I got to stop this. I'm over here like, where do we go from here? I don't understand. Are we going to still have fun? Like, is Kenya going to ruin this? Oh, no, Tanya's going to leave. What are we going to do now? Oh, oh, this is what we're going to do. This is the agenda. I'm signing up for every single seminar. I want to be a part of all of it. I'm going to watch it every, I want to watch all of it twice. I want to see the captions on everything. I want to rewatch it again. I want to fast forward, rewind. I don't want commercials. It is the best looking mid-season trailer I've ever seen. And I'm going on record to say that. If you have not seen it, it, reinvigorated me. It's beautiful. Yeah, art. it looks so good. Art, art. I'm so very thrilled to be here. I love Atlanta. I love these women. I do I think too. They can't do any wrong. My only thing I would ever want to add is that if they're going to do this whole young people versus older people thing, send Cynthia out first. That's all I have to say. And replace her with Fallon and her I think Cynthia's time has come. It like, has to I appreciate come. what she does for the show. I think she's a good, like, robin-esque character um and we need that kind of like voice of reason chill beautiful like woman Mm -hmm. but 
I don't know. I just think like, okay, I think your time has passed. I think yeah. she's overstayed her welcome a little. Yes. Should have went out with me. Like the fact she's me. been on since season, I think three is pretty crazy. Yeah. It's, it's been a while. Yeah. It's, yeah, been, yeah. A long it's been a while. Time. She's been at that spiky hair with Peter and Peter was yes. the most amazing part of her. I mean, he wasn't great, but he was at least like in the, he was in the shit. You know what I mean? He was a housewife. He was, he was a bitch. He was, what is it? Peter or oh, Patricia is Nene called him. Yes. <laughs> Patricia. And I need, Micah's not going to give us, you know, Michaela. He's not going to give us that. I don't see no, that Mike from is him. too normal. He's yes. too like, rooted in reality. And you want to know, the only thing I would counter is that though she does give us a little bit of Robin energy and that she's like supposedly the voice of reason, to me, that's still more candy because I just did some rewatch binge work for my event of Potomac and Robin has a backbone and a personality. She's actually confronted yeah. Giselle more than even this season, this past season. She did it in past seasons as well. She has a bit of a personality and a point whereas to me, Cynthia just, is there like there to be offended or not offended she didn't even do offended well like at least kenya or portia they'll take anything as an offense and they will sell it <laughs> you have broken them how dare you like, portia is like kenya is trying to find out who has sex that is the most hating ass bitch how dare she i'm like it's really not that serious if it wasn't she yeah it's like it we all want to know just lie like, like- like you're on a show this is not a big deal she's like holding court in her room like this is what i have an issue with with kenya and then it's like vice versa kenya's at the restaurant the night before being like portia you won't get off your phone you are not my village i am a single mom and you won't even pay attention to me when tanya was ordering the appetizers and she was like She's like, can I actually go ahead and get um, some of them buffalo wings? Let me get that with two. Yeah, and she's like, I want like the nachos. (laughs) Yeah, just go ahead and bring. It gave me like that scene of Ramona being like, I'm gonna get the oysters and let me get a champagne, thanks. And like, you ordered? She was like, Yeah, he came. I was hungry. So, oh my god, so funny. (laughs) Really love that about them. But I'm very grateful for this episode. I cannot wait for the rest of the season. If we're at mid season already, though, I'm very sad about it. So. Can't wait for more to come soon from Bravo. Um, but in the meantime, you have been an absolute delight to speak all these housewives things with quite the historian, literally. We even we talked about the Smithsonian. That's never happened so much. That <laughs> literally is true to the name Bravo historian, which is of course where they can find you. But tell the people anything else you want to plug or where else they can find you on Twitter, the Instagram, anything of that nature. Where do you want to be found? So you can find me obviously on Instagram at Bravo Historian. You can find me on Twitter at Take Your Zoloft. Um, Great advice. Yeah, I, I honestly made that username to remind <laughs> myself because I'll forget. Um, and then uh, you can find me. I write for the Dip, so it's the Dip with two P's. So you Love can follow that. them on Instagram and check Should them out. Follow them on Instagram. A great, great, great friend of ours um from a uh also very popular and great podcast probably black kaya has done some um instagram work for them so you should just follow them because we love kaya and now we love sam and we're just gonna give them all the support and all the love so yes of course y'all go follow sam every on all the things um bravo historian take your zoloft and of course, you know where to find me at Mixing with Mani on all the things as well. M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. And as always, y'all, we are rounding the end of this panini. I can feel it in my bones. 
So in the meantime, stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay home. Take care of yourselves and each other. Bye. For more about me, Bravo, Housewives, Pop Culture, and so much more, follow me on Instagram at Mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. So you can keep up with me and don't forget to also leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening and rate me and maybe give me five stars. Thanks so much. Bye.